What's going on, everybody? This is JVP. You're listening to a new episode of the Post Game Report. So the New York Giants are 5-1. and one. <laughs> They defeated the freaking Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens, by a score of 24-20. to 20. Now the Ravens, they had more yards, they had more rushing, more passing, they had... <laughs> Uh, more sacks, but the thing is, you know, the, the the Ravens also had more penalties that went against them, so that helped the New York Giants a few times. Specifically, one specific pass where Daniel Jones threw a, a pass in the end zone to Slayton, and it was intercepted by Peters, but Peters was also holding Slayton, so that helped the New York Giants move closer. And Saquon Barkley went ahead for the go-ahead touchdown. During this game, I found myself, once again, not being paranoid when the Giants were down at halftime. I mean, the Giants, once again, during the first half, their offense was anemic. And then they had one drive where they came back, they scored, and they showed promise. They showed, okay, they can move against this Ravens defense. But then the Ravens on offense was just marching down the freaking field against the New York Giants defense. I mean, when it came to rushing, the Ravens are freaking so dangerous, especially with Jackson back there, Lamar Jackson. I mean, and that running back to, it's, man, it's freaking deadly. Luckily for the New York Giants, Jackson was a little off when it came to trying to pass to his wide receivers, but Andrews was destroying the Giants up in the middle of the field. He Caught a touchdown pass, a real nice seam pass. So their tight ends, whether it was Oliver or, or, or Andrews, they were destroying the New York Giants, and it, it didn't look very good. It was like, okay, the the, the offense is going to do pretty good. They're, they're capable of moving. But this defense, they're going to give up the freaking lead as soon as the Giants score. So it comes the second half. The Giants get the ball back. They move the ball, and then they, they go stagnant. They give the ball back. And I'm like, damn it. We just wasted two freaking possessions because right before the half, the New York Giants were questionable on their time clock management. And it was like, what? Are, what's going on? You know, the two previous possessions, the New York Giants reminded me of last season's New York Giants on offense. Now, to the credit of the offensive line, Barkley had a little over 80 yards rushing. Daniel Jones was sacked four times. One of those sacks caused a fumble, but that was right before the half was over. The first half, that is. So he didn't call, He didn't cause the Giants to lose this game. He was very effective. He was throwing pinpoint passes. He was running, throwing on the run, dodging pressure. Daniel Jones has been really good. He has been, look, he's not putting up the stats. And I know in, in a lot of these Twitter spaces, there are people still arguing with each other over Daniel Jones. And it's funny to hear these people argue over Daniel Jones. It's like the funniest thing. We are 5-1, and one, the New York Giants, that is. And people are still arguing with each other on Twitter spaces as if we are 1-5. Now, I thought, and then record my, my predictions episode last week. I thought that the New York Giants were going to lose this game. I thought that the... The game against the Packers and the Ravens that the Giants would be three and two. I mean three and three, excuse me. So if if you were to look at what happened last season, 
and then coming into this season, if you were to tell me that most of the starting, most of the wide receivers, the top three wide wide receivers for the New York Giants were going to be out against the Packers and the Ravens, that our starting cornerbacks would be uh, would be injured. <laughs> We would not have Blake Martinez as an inside linebacker and that Ojalari was injured as well. And oh, we are also starting a, a, a freaking rookie tight end. So if you were to tell me that with, with, those, with that lineup uh, for these two games against the Ravens and the Packers that the New York Giants were going to win these two games with that lineup... If you would have told tell me that before the season started, I would have said, well, you know what? Whatever you're taking must be damn good because you're bugging. The fact that the New York Giants were able against two playoff caliber teams, they were down at halftime and they were able to come back with a victory in similar fashion too because at the very end of the, the Packers game, Zimenez had a strip sack. At the, la- the during the last drive of the Ravens, Thibodeau had a strip sack, and man, that stadium was rocking too. Holy crap! And it was so good to see Tavon Thibodeau make that play, make that get that sack at the most important moment of the game. Because after what what I witnessed the Ravens do throughout the game, and listen. We held them to 20 points. So it seemed like no matter who we had, who the New York Giants had covering Andrews or whoever was on the defensive line there, you know, what linebackers were there for the run. I mean, Drake was freaking getting like 30 yards a carry. It was freaking sickening to watch. And no matter what down in distance it was, Whenever he wanted to throw it to Andrews, Andrews was right there to catch the fucking ball. So, and there was one specific pattern that Andrews ran where he was literally jogging, taking little stutter steps, jogging, and just sitting in the freaking zone. I was like, yo, he's not even running fast. How the hell is he wide open? So... After years of seeing tight ends destroy the New York Giants and just, and just you know, you, you see a pattern when, when tight ends were dominating the New York Giants that usually meant that the game was going to be lopsided in favor of the opposing team. So I was genuinely surprised that the New York Giants held the Ravens to 20 points and was able to score 24 points because once again, Besides Darius Slayton, you had no one with any who was recognizable. You had Robinson as a rookie who was playing his first significant time, uh, playing for the first time playing significant time in an actual game. He had a, a one catch, I believe, during his during game one and got injured. And then you had a bunch of you know practice squad players. Now, Robinson made a contribution, caught a touchdown, had a nice catch over the middle where he he redeemed himself. It was a very similar catch where he jumped and caught the ball in the middle of the field. The first time he tried that, he dropped it. 
Second time around, he redeemed himself and caught a very clutch pass with coverage right on his butt. And he knew he was going to get hit in the because he was in midair. He's a little guy. Little guy, but he's very well built. Bellinger had another freaking touchdown. Rookie tight end. I believe he leads, he leads the team in touchdown receptions, which is freaking impressive. Granted, it's only, what, two touchdown rece- <laughs> receptions or something like that? So, actually, three. He had one against Carolina. He had the touchdown run against the Green Bay Packers, and he had a freaking touchdown reception against the Ravens. So, hey, Bellinger is coming up and and performing way above his freaking draft uh, status. And and, and much higher than anyone had anticipated when it came to Bellinger. Once again, we had freaking tight ends that that the New York Giants signed during the offseason that were supposed to get all of the playing time. And they were, you know, supposed to be significant weapons for Daniel Jones. So it was good to see Robertson catch his first touchdown pass. It's a shame that Kadarius Tony still doesn't have a touchdown catch. Uh, Galladay doesn't have a touchdown reception. It's pretty embarrassing, man. It's pretty embarrassing for those two wide receivers. And and, and for Tony, it's just that he can't, he can't get on the field so we'll see hopefully against the Jaguars Kadarius Tony is healthy Ozilari is healthy it would be nice to have that tandem with Thibodeau and Ozilari back to go along with Leo Williams and Dexter Lawrence once again Dexter Lawrence had a big sack in this game he was providing pressure up the gut and it's safe to say that Dexter Lawrence is playing at an all-pro level. His matchup against the Bears is no longer one of those games where he should have been able to defeat the talent that was in front of him. No, he's doing it. again. He's done it in three weeks, three consecutive weeks. And before the, the Bears game, he was getting close. Even last season, Dexter Lawrence was getting a lot of pressure. Up the up the middle, but he couldn't, you know, he couldn't quite get there. And this was done without, you know, Williams next to him, with Thibodeau on one side, and sometimes, you know, he's had his three consecutive sacks. Now he leads the team with four, so he's had four sacks in three games. That was all done with. Leonard Williams missing two of those games. Ozilari missing three of those games. So I am hoping that the inclusion of Ozilari to go along with Thibodeau, Williams, Dexter, Lawrence, I'm hoping those four are capable of generating a pass rush so that the Giants' pass defense can improve. And not only that, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are going to occupy blockers in the running game. So what I'm trying to say is that there's a possibility that this this team can get better, which is a scary thought because we are five and one. The New York Giants are five and one with a depleted roster, and Daniel Jones and, and Saquon Barkley 
are the key weapons, mainly Saquon Barkley, because the offense runs around Saquon. But Daniel Jones has shown that he has gone in long drives without Saquon Barkley in the backfield. And then there's the whole argument. Is Daniel Jones the guy that we should sign? Is he the quarterback that's going to be with us for the next three, four years? In other words, is he the franchise quarterback the New York Giants need? I am not opposed to the New York Giants drafting a quarterback next season if there's one to draft. That's plain and simple. Uh, from a free agent standpoint, who, who are the top free agents that are going to be out there as a quarterback? Not many of them go into the market because they're either franchise tagged or they are given a huge contract. I know Lamar Jackson is coming up, but he is not going to be a free agent. And it would take a lot of freaking assets to trade for Lamar Jackson. Um, if it was up to me, I would sign both Barkley and Jones. And then you got to sign freaking Dexter Lawrence. You got to sign McKin uh, Xavier McKinney. You know, in the last, in the next few years, I mean, there's a lot of guys you got to sign, man. It's going to be crazy. So, what what the New York Giants, especially the organization and the, co and the coaching staff, is proving is that you give them a roster with players that believe in the system, and with players that are smart and that are system players, very similar to what the freaking Patriots do, uh, this organization is showing us that they can work things out and make the team competitive. It helps when you have a freaking all-world running back and you have a freaking dominant defensive tackle and an up-and-coming pass rusher in Thibodeau. And once again, going back to Thibodeau, it was great to see him make that freaking strip sack at the very end. I mean, it was really good. It was it was so good because we've been waiting for Thibodeau to get that sack. And he's been close. He's been very close to, to getting a sack. And he would, you know, it would just, he came close a few times against Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson is so elusive in the pocket. And then he could just take off and he's faster than a lot of defensive backs in this league. And it's hard to just, you know, go out on an all-out rush against Lamar Jackson because you give him a lane, he's taking off. So, man, it was impressive to see. It was, I was so happy for the kid. And then it, there's a video of him crying on the field. And, it, you know, people were mocking him and it's like, come on, grow up. And mostly it was people from other teams. But unfortunately for you, the people that are mocking him, you're not a, you're not an NFL player, so you have no idea why this dude is crying and how much it meant to him that he got his first sack. So yeah, you know, slow your roll, hate all you want. But the fact is, the New York Giants are five and one. They beat two playoff teams. As a matter of fact, they 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 defeated the Titans, they defeated the Green Bay Packers, and they defeated the freaking Baltimore Ravens. They beat the Bears and they beat the Panthers. Those were the two teams that I predicted that they would beat, you know. And I, I said that the New York Giants would win seven games this season. They're already at five. It's crazy. And they face the Jaguars next week. Well, this coming Sunday. And I believe they have uh, the Lions after that. So there's a possibility. There's a 
man, there's a strong possibility the New York Giants could be seven and one. Oh man, that's freaking crazy to think. And I would gladly eat the crow if the Giants win seven games in their first eight games. <laughs> Hey, I would be so happy to be wrong. And it's, you know, they have 11 games left. They could possibly win seven out of those 11 games. That would give them 12 wins for the season. That's freaking nuts, man. That is freaking nuts. For some of us, we thought it would take two seasons to accumulate 12 wins. So that's a testament to the the. The coaching, the organization for picking the right players, getting the right free agents, hiring the right staff, and then the players for listening to the coaching staff, to, to believing in the coaching, to believing in what they're, what they're teaching. And they brought in people that have heart, that aren't afraid to, to give it their all for the entirety of the freaking game, right? They don't give up after three quarters. They were down against playoff teams at the half. Last season, it would have been a guaranteed loss because the culture was different. You could just feel it. And once again, this was another week where I was like, all right, that with you know, the New York Giants are down, but they're gonna come back. They're gonna come back. And I was watching, you know, the entertainer and and the bad dog and 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 even they were saying it. Oh, no, this game ain't over. This game is not over. We're going to come back. This is, you know, this game is not over. And it was like freaking six minutes to go. And I'm like, man, but the Baltimore Ravens are running the ball like, you know, at ease. I mean, with ease. So it was, you know, I was positive, but it was, you know, I was like, eh, this could be the game. We, we, you know, we come back to reality, reality a little bit. And uh, we realized, you know, that, certain teams are just that much that much higher when it comes to talent and that talent can't be negated just like with the Cowboys you know the New Giants were winning at one point but then Dallas just went on the tear and they just you know they they went so far ahead it was no way for us to come back they just had you know the, they had the trenches and so this time around against the Ravens, it could have been a very similar outcome, but the New York Giants came back and did not give up in the trenches. They gave up four sacks, but it was nowhere near what Dallas was doing against the New York Giants. Evan Neal looked like he was one-on-one you know, -on -one against a lot of the pass rushers and was freaking holding up his ground like, I mean, like a seventh pick of the draft should be doing I mean he looked really good Andrew Thomas had me worried a little bit because he was getting up slow and then uh you know they were saying he was limping but the dude fought he fought and stood in the the game the entire time and didn't give up a sack same thing with Saquon Barkley you saw a play where he got injured you know he had a he got injured last week against the Packers he injured his shoulder he gets tackled. You see him grimacing and screaming. He goes out, and, and I'm like, oh, man, did Saquon Barkley dislocate his shoulder? A few plays later, he comes back. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. And not only did he come back, but he scored a touchdown. And then at a very crucial time at the very end of the game, 
He does a, a, a great spin move, gets outside of, of, of the defense. He's about to score a touchdown, and he decides to slide and stay in bounds. And that was a heady play. Yeah, the Giants could have been up by more than, uh, I'd say they would have been up by 11 points. And the most that, you know, would have taken a miracle, right? But you saw what happened with the Ravens and the Jets. The Jets scored with under two minutes, <laughs> like 14 points or something crazy like that. So you can never say never. You can never say never. And here's the thing, right? The reason why the New York Giants won this game and held the Ravens to 20 points is because these situations, right? You know, life, football is all about situations, right? And how you handle those situations, what you do in them. And so here are the Ravens. You know, they've been showing all game. They can move the ball at will. And we get a situation where they're at, I believe, third and one or something like that. And I'm like, I mean, this is an automatic first down. They're just running at will on the New York Giants. Staley, their their starting left tackle, he 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 goes he jumps all sides. So there's you know a false uh, an offside penalty on a false start on on the Ravens. The very next play, the uh, Jackson is is at um. Excuse me, I'm getting distracted. The Jackson is at um, shotgun. The snap comes at him. He's not ready for it. So he has to run back, grab the ball. At the same time, McKinney, Xavier McKinney is running at Jackson. But Jackson is such a freaking amazing athlete. He outruns the pursuit of Xavier McKinney. He might have been able to get, you know, maybe five yards and, and, and save, you know, and for, you know, save from throwing a turnover, right? It would have been still a sack or whatever, right? But instead, Jackson decides to throw the ball to Picard, his fullback. And Julian Love jumps the route, gets an interception, the first of the year for any New York Giant. Has a nice return and gets the New York Giants at a very freaking manageable scoring position. And then a few plays later, that's where we had the penalty with Peters, which negated an interception. And the New York Giants had the ball right at the freaking goal line, and Barkley jumped right in. So these situations that happened just totally changed the outcome of the game. The New York Giants took advantage of those situations. And that's why they won. So the next situation was <laughs> you put the Ravens in this in, the, in in a position where now they need to score a touchdown to win the game. They can't tie it by kicking a field goal. And you're forcing Jackson to, to do something that he was struggling with all game, which was sit back in the pocket and try to throw to his wide receivers, try to get a big chunk play, Throwing the ball, which was something he couldn't do with his wide receivers. And that gave the pass rush an opportunity, specifically Thibodeau, 
to get his first sack, and it was a big one because it was a strip sack, and Leonard Williams was able to pick up the ball and recover the fumble. So it's, you know, that's why they say the old saying, you, that's why you play the game, right? Any given Sunday, right? You, you got to be in it to win it. That's, those are the old sayings. It goes for everything in life, right? Whether it's a new job, whether it's a new adventure, you, you know, whether you're going out of your comfort zone, specific, especially in sports, you play the game because you never know what the outcome is going to be. You never know when those situations pop up and how you're going to react to those situations and how your opponent is going to react to those situations. So you play and you play it to the best of your ability. And that's what the New York Giants are doing. And they're coming out on top. It's been an amazing freaking season as a New York Giants fan. As a matter of fact, New York football is very entertaining once again. The Jets are doing good. They're 4-2. and two. So if you're a New York fan, you know, a New York sports fan, and hopefully the Knicks add to that, uh, you know, you got the Yankees in the playoffs. You got the freaking, you know, hopefully the, the Rangers are back, you know, in playoff form this season. The Knicks look like a great, you know, up-and-coming team with all the talent they have, all the youth. And the New York Giants are like the biggest underdog story of this season. And possibly the Jets are right behind them, too. <laughs> so it's a great time to be a sports fan, unless you're a Mets fan. And, the, you know, I'm very surprised the Mets got eliminated, uh, considering what, a, you know, the great season they had, regular season. And, 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 you know, this leads me to, to all the Twitter spaces, you know, about the New York Giants. It's funny because I was listening to one today, and I really don't parse it to participate because you got the same people talking all the freaking time they don't give anyone else a chance and when you when you are talking they jump in and they just interrupt you right and it's like they're all basically just repeating the same shit right and once again it's all about daniel jones everybody's arguing about daniel jones (laughs) And, and that's the problem right because you know i do a podcast about video games about entertainment and all this information is out, right? So it's easier than ever to, to create content, to make YouTube videos, to make a podcast in the traditional fashion that I do it. It's easy to get all the information you want regarding, you know, your favorite team, your favorite, uh, you know, phone manufacturer or whatever, right? Whatever you want to know about, you just go on Google, you do your research, and you have all the information you want. With the NFL, you even have an all-22 feature if you want to look at the game again and study all the players, right? And you get all these people who swear that they're fucking NFL scouts or that they're fucking experts in coaching or they're, they, they know how to, they're expert evaluators. And when you go on these spaces, it's just a bunch of egos clashing together saying, no, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. You know? And it's like, come on, dude. That's not what discussing, discussing our favorite team is all about. We're five and one and people are still arguing over Daniel Jones. I mean, I said, this was one of the biggest underdog stories in New York football in quite a long fucking time. And all people can do on these Twitter spaces, instead of using them for good and trying to get some positivity about this team, people just want to keep arguing over Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is part of the team. 
He is a component of the team. This is a team sport, first and foremost. So you need your offensive line to block for you. You need your running back to block for you. You need your receivers to catch for you. You need the coaches to give you plays. You need position coaches to help you become a better passer, utilize your footwork, right? Everything has a freaking pecking order. But everybody just talks about Daniel Jones, even though he is doing what he is supposed to do to help this team win. He is not the reason why we're losing. And unfortunately, that's what happens with the quarterbacks. You know, they're like, even though Barkley is the face of the New York Giants and possibly down the line, it could be Thibodeau or Dexter Lawrence, you know, the way they uh, specifically Dexter Lawrence, right? He could be like the, the new face of the franchise, but Barkley right now is the face of the New York Giants. And he is a dynamic weapon, whether, whether he's passing or, 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 or running. I mean, excuse me, running or receiving. So obviously the offense runs around him, but Daniel Jones has to has to get the snap. He has to hand off the fucking ball. If he's doing an RPO, he has to make the right read. If he gets hit, he has to hold on to the ball. If he's passing, he has to make sure that he can maneuver in the pocket. He has to throw the ball with enough velocity so that his pass catcher can catch it comfortably. And also position the fucking ball to where they can catch it in front of them away from a defender. I mean, there's so much going on as a quarterback, but all people can think about is, oh, you know, he threw for under 200 yards again. But he also threw for two fucking touchdowns. And a few games ago, he ran for two touchdowns. And against the Packers, he was on point again. I mean, especially against Dallas, where he was getting his ass beat up. He was all over the pocket trying to give his receivers time to get open. He was doing all he could to freaking help this team win. And that's all I would like for my quarterback to do. Not turn the ball over, but also not be the type of quarterback where the coaching staff is not confident enough to let him pass the ball down the field. And the coaching staff has given him opportunities to pass the ball down the field. He has tried to throw the ball down the field. Robinson dropped a nice pass over the middle. He had uh, a wide receiver open. He beat the coverage. But what happened? He couldn't step into the pass. And, and so he, you know, underthrew the pass. I mean, it, it's weird where these people, they talk so smart, but yet, they, they try to sound smart, but a lot of the shit they say is very stupid. And that's just a problem with social media, you know, and it, when it comes to sports, when it comes to commentary, period, right? You get your, politi- your politicians, your doctors, <laughs> your, you know, social media doctors, your social media executives, your influencers, your sports experts, right? You have everything. Everybody's an expert on fucking Twitter and Twitter spaces. But when they fucking talk, they sound dumb. And I'm hearing a lot of dumb shit from New York Giants fans. But it's usually the same group of people. And after a while, it it gets tiring. It gets tiring. So if you happen to listen to this podcast and you happen to frequent some of the spaces that I'm in and you know what I'm talking about, 
just do yourself a favor. Enjoy the season because as someone who has been watching the New York Giants since the 80s, we've gone through we've gone through many years of freaking poor football and hopefully this is the time period where and it's a pattern it seems to be a pattern where the Giants and most NFL teams they have moments where they start trending upwards so hopefully it's the New York Giants turn to start start trending upwards and become a respectable legitimate playoff team and then work our way into building the roster so that we can be more than just a playoff team. We could be a NFL championship contender again. I'm excited, man. I'm happy. I'm happy with the way the New York Giants are playing. And that's all we could ask for, man. You know, all the bullshit about Daniel Jones and, and, and not having enough weapons. I mean, come on, man. I mean, shit. You guys forgot about the salary cap and all that shit. Anyway. I'm going to wrap it up because then I'm going to start saying stuff that, you know, it's going to sound uh, confrontational, which I have no beef with nobody. I'm just stating the facts, and it's quite annoying. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this game, and you're very happy with the New York Giants. Let me know on my Twitter feed is at JVBetaPhotos. I love to meet New York Giants fans, and it's a great time to be a New York York Giants fan fan and and a, a fan of New York sports you know there's a lot of good things to be excited about and proud about too so anyway I'm going to wrap it up once again I'm JVB I'll talk to you guys later bye